You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. All right, we are back to the show. Monsignor Schumacher coming to you live from the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck with Father Mark Ani, the parochial vicar here. Romeo's in studio, my Dalmatian. And I have Steve Ray on the phone. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Monsignor. Very good to be with you today. Thank you for being on Real Presence Live on the expansive uh, Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, We have a lot of things to talk about, um, and you have um, a great following and a great history, and certainly um, a a, a lot of great teaching you've given. Let's start, for those who do not know you very well, uh, tell us about yourself. All of this, what you just said, has been a big surprise to me because I'm just a simple farm boy, um, and that's how I was raised, and to now be kind of known as an apologist and a Bible teacher and so on is is quite a surprise for me. I was born and raised a Baptist, very anti-Catholic. I was taught from my from the cradle that my, that the Catholic Church was the horror of Babylon and the Pope was the Antichrist and the Catholic Church was leading all the Catholics straight to hell and we had to get them saved. That was pretty much the way I was raised in my very fundamentalist Baptist church and uh, in, until I grew up. And I, was, I used to teach classes on how to convert Catholics, believe it or not. And <laughs> next thing you know, in 19, um, 1994, my wife and I converted to the Catholic Church. And it wasn't anything that we saw good in the Catholic Church or that we saw Catholics who were living the faith in good examples. In fact, the Catholics I knew were not. They were good reasons why not to be Catholic. But I saw the problems with Protestantism, and as much as I loved the Bible, I realized sola scriptura, the Bible alone, could never work. And then I, I was introduced to the amazing historic church. And we fell in love, and in 1994, my wife and I and our whole family converted to the Catholic Church. Uh, that's an unreal beginning to this interview. Now, uh, and I, I had heard that before, but just to hear it again is, is refreshing and inspiring. Where do you live, Steve? I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan, when I'm not in Israel, but we've been grounded for the last, uh, probably a year we'll be grounded mm-hmm. before we get back. But I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I have a, uh, my wife, and I have been married 44 years. I love her more now than when I married her. We have four great kids that love the Lord and the Church, and 18 grandkids. One of them wants to be a priest. Wow, congratulations. Uh, let's talk about Israel a little bit. Uh, yes. We're, we're, we're going to get to your, your book. You're, you're the author of The Catholic Faith, An Introduction, an introduction to the Creeds. Lori just sent me uh, that information. But th- th- let's just backtrack to Israel a little bit. You go there often. You lead tours there. Tell us what you do and, and, and how this crazy world has affected it. I've been to the Holy Land with my wife over 180 times. That's just to Israel. Uh, we've also been to Iraq and Iran, and uh, not Iran, Iraq and Syria and Jordan and Egypt, all those countries, too. We, we've made a, a ten-part documentary called The Footprints of God, the whole story of the Bible on location and all those places. But we've been to the Holy Land 180-plus times, and we've led thousands and thousands of pilgrims on pilgrimages through there, as Catholics should see it, I, I should say. And uh, But unfortunately, because of this virus hysteria going on and all the problems, we've been grounded pretty much because Israel's closed. I couldn't go there today if I wanted to. No, nobody can. 
And so we're expecting it to open up soon, um, and hopefully we've got uh, trips already planned for next year, the first one starting April 7th. We've already got a bus sold out, and we're hoping to be back on the ground showing everybody the land of Jesus and Mary in the Bible. I hope it works out for you. I've been there uh, once as a, as a deacon and once as a priest with a group, uh, and then I went to Egypt as well with a group. Um, I had a pilgrimage plan for the fall of 2021. I, I just canceled it, and I, so I hope your April trip works out on April 7th. That seems early. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of people canceling it, and one of the things that I'm going to really enjoy is that the last few years of taking trips there, we usually take about eight trips a year to the Holy Land, is it has been so crowded that you can't even get into some places. Yes, that takes, yes, uh, There's yes. been four-hour lines. Uh, it's going to be delightful going back uh, next year when we're the only ones there. Uh, and I, I think of the vendors who make their living, the the yep. shopkeepers, the rest. We just had a delightful time all the way yep. through. Uh, we you know we went up to former Syria as well, worked our way down to the Dead Sea. Uh, very very memorable. I like to go back again. And I'm a member of the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre and uh, uh, for the for the Northern Lieutenancy. And actually, my fall trip in 21 was going to be with that group. Um, for the pilgrim shell and, and to meet with the patriarch and, and, and all of that. But, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoy that order, uh, the equestrian order, the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre. And I, uh, we're, we're both, uh, Steve, I know we're both proud of the work our, our order does. To, to, yep. to, I, uh, I've taken two, uh, two groups of the Northern Lieutenancy to the Holy Land. I've taken them twice to the Northern Lieutenancy. So you're a convert to the Catholic faith. You were an evangelical Baptist. You um, have converted. Uh, tell us a little bit about how this conversion came about. You you said it did, but maybe Catholic creeds played a part of it. Uh, how how do you go? Did you believe the Catholic Church was a whore of Babylon? Yes, I really thought that it was a perfect counterfeit of true Christianity. But it had everything upside down. We had the Bible. Catholics had tradition. We had prayers to God. Catholics prayed to Mary and dead saints. We got to he- uh, heaven by uh, faith and trusting in Christ, and Catholics got to heaven by their works. That was I was raised with a caricature of what real Christian, uh, real Catholicism was. It was more of a caricature, a cartoon figure, than the truth of it. And I had never read a Catholic book. I had never gone to a Catholic church. I had never met a Catholic priest. I had never met a Catholic who could explain or defend their faith. And that was until I was 39 years old. And it was when uh, we got discouraged with uh, the Protestant churches. And I give a conversion story, and I have another book called Crossing the Tiber, which is my conversion story. And in there I explained the problems that we realized about Protestantism, about worship, about sola scriptura, about morals, and how many churches did Jesus start, and all of these kind of things. And we almost became agnostic. A friend of ours then, uh, his name is Al Cresta, a lot of people on Catholic radio know him. We'd been best friends for 12 years. He became a Catholic, and I said to him, Al, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. You're way too smart to be a Catholic. And over time, I tried to prove to him he was wrong, but I went back to the fathers of the Church, the Apostolic Fathers, and the creeds, and I ended up becoming Catholic because of my own study, even before my wife and I had ever set foot in a church or met a Catholic that knew their faith. 
Steve Ray is my guest on Real Presence Live. Steve, I want to ask you a question. You, you believe that the Catholic Church was the true counterfeit church, right? You said that, that, right. that, it, was, that it was the whore of Babylon, that, that probably that Catholics go to hell, right? I believe that, yes. So how, let me, I, what did you, how did you look at Catholics? What, what did you, you had Catholics in your life around you. Did, did, what did you, what was your impression of them? What, what did you think about them? What did you try and tell them? We didn't have many Catholics around us. I lived in an evangelical Protestant bubble in many ways. Our whole family was evangelicals, the ones that were Christians. And um, the ones that I did know were great examples of what I did not want to be. Because <laughs> if, if I would evangelize, they, the Catholics I knew were basically cultural Catholics or cradle Catholics that had never learned their faith. That was a very bad uh, time in the Church, very poor catechesis, and it was very strange times in the 60s and the 70s and 80s. And when I met a Catholic, I would ask them, are you born again? Because that was the trick question we'd ask, because we knew Catholics didn't know how to answer it, and we could share the Gospel with them. And I'd say, are you born again? They'd say, oh, well, I'm a Catholic. I said, I know you're a Catholic, that's why I asked you this question. Are you born again? Well, uh, I, I don't know. And then I'd open up John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, and I'd read it to them, and I'd say, your priest never told you about this, did they? And then I would explain to them that they needed to be born again, ask Jesus to come into their heart and be their personal Lord and Savior, and they'd be saved. And the Catholics never, ever could defend their faith. They didn't know what they believed. They didn't know why they believed it. And, and the Catholics were notorious for not reading the Bible. All of that is changing now, Monsignor. It's it a is. beautiful thing. Because of shows like yours, and because of books like the one that just came out, my book on the Catholic faith, because of all the conferences and everything. I'm on a big apologetics conference this weekend with 50 speakers. I'm going to be over Zoom. Things are changing now. But back then, the Catholics I knew were a good excuse not to be a Catholic. You pulled a lot of Catholics away from the Church, Steve. I think I did. We used to go door-to-door evangelizing, and uh, I would always make a case against the Catholic Church, and I know that I brought some people into evangelical Protestantism. Have you gone back to them at all? Do you feel any guilt about that, or...? Well, I I feel like St. Paul who persecuted the Church, you know, and I, yeah. I, I, I do feel that way. I It was oftentimes I didn't know the people personally. I didn't know who they were. All of my friends who are evangelical Protestants, I did confront them after becoming a Catholic, and, and within two weeks, because I am very outspoken about things, I lost all of our friends and both of our families in two weeks, and they wouldn't even talk to us anymore. Wow. But that's why I wrote the book Crossing the Tiber, to explain to people why I had become Catholic, and I know a lot of them read that. Let's get to your, your th- this is your latest book, I believe, right? The, yes. the Catholic Faith, an, introdu- an Introduction to the Creeds. An introduction to the creeds of Catholic. I have it here. Uh, Lori sent it to me. I, I'm looking at it. The, the, the cover seems to have the inside of the St. Peter's Vatican. Basilica. Uh, the, the light coming through uh, Michelangelo's windows. Uh, tell us, tell us um, about the book. Why, why did you write it, and why is it important? Ten books. Uh, did a beautiful job, I think, with the book. It's very nice. To, I, I love holding a nice book in my hands. I Agreed. always have. I've, I've got never, I've never, uh, I've never owned a Kindle. I never will. 
I don't either. I I like books in my hands. I've got twenty thousand books in my house. I've always loved books. <laughs> Just People be good. Say our house is a library uh, with a kitchen. Be careful uh, with the fire inspection on that. Yes. Go go, go <laughs> the, ahead. The, the book came about because I realized that people, especially Catholics, really don't know their faith. And even though they recite those words, the Nicene Creed, on Sunday mornings, if you uh, quiz them or probe them, they would have very insufficient answers as to what it means. I think it's great that we cite it and recite it. It was originally used to prepare catechumens for baptism in the early church. You would have to recite that before you were baptized. It gave a summary of all the things that we know. In fact, the word creed means I believe. So when we say the creed, we start out, I believe, that's Latin, credo. It's the creed. And so it was a beautiful way of a world full of heresies and false teachings and paganism. The Christian could say, here's what I know to be true. And I don't even say, here's what I believe. I believe it because it's true. It's not true because I believe it. I believe it because it is objectively true. Steve Ray is my guest, and uh, a fantastic guest. We're talking about his book entitled The Catholic Faith, An Introduction to the Creeds. We're not going to take a break, Steve. We're going to run you to 50 minutes past the hour, okay? Sure. Um, I, don't ha- I don't have time to take a, cre- uh, a break with you. That's, uh, I-, I went to Nicaea in modern-day Turkey with uh, one of my classmates when I, in my studies. And, Very good. And, I, I, and, and, and <laughs> there... there we there we stood and said here it was here it was fought out here yeah. was it was uh, we I don't think we understand the debates the uh, the divisive uh, uh, trends that that were being furthered and being trying to reduce tell us one of your favorite stories about about the fights, debates, or struggles involved in writing these creeds. Well, there's even the story of Santa Claus punching one of the other bishops. <laughs> <laughs> I put it that way a little uh, radically, but, but St. Nicholas was there, who was a very devout um, uh, Catholic, and was defending the divinity of Christ against other bishops who were saying he was not, that he was uh, that he was a time when Jesus did not exist, and then he did exist. In other words, he was not the eternal Son of God. God the Father existed from all time, and Jesus came later, which is totally contrary to the whole Catholic faith, that there is a trinity, all three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have existed from all time and for eternity. And so... um, St. Nicholas, who is Santa Claus of today, uh, was so upset that the, the tradition is that he went up and slapped the other bishop who was, who was uh, proposing the opposite. And the, the phrase that we use, there's not one iota. I mean, people probably have heard that. Um, that doesn't make one iota of difference. We use phrases like that without having any idea where they came from. The, the iota is the letter I in Greek. And if you, there's a word, homoousius, and if you take that one little letter I out, it means of a similar but different substance. If you put the I in, it means of the same uh, substance. Actually, it's 
the eye takes away. The eye says it is of a similar substance. If you remove the eye, it means of the same substance. Now, that sounds complicated. But what it means is, is Jesus of the same substance of the Father for all of eternity? Is he the same nature of the Father? Or is he of a similar, not divine nature? That one little letter iota in the Greek made all of the difference, and there were fights over that one letter. That letter had to be in that had to be taken out of that word homoousios, so that it meant the son was of the same nature and substance of the father. This, you know, we we use that phrase not one iota of difference, but don't realize where that came from. Nor do we realize how important it was. The whole of Christianity hangs on the Trinity. The Trinity is the foundation for everything, not only in Christian theology, but in all of reality. The whole universe is based on the Trinity. I have always said if the Church made it through the first four centuries, it can make it through anything. (laughs) That's exactly right. Those those were uh, unbelievably formative centuries and yep. to, to, to to take on Arianism, you yep. know, the, the the monk Arius who promoted that Jesus is is created. Uh, and um, to, to And the Docetists who said that he was he was uh, divine but he wasn't a real man. That's, so you had both sides uh, the, the heresies that swirled around that were unbelievable. And yeah. you know, Monsignor, there's another phrase in the in the creed, although I would have espoused it pretty much as an evangelical, but I remember the the one about one holy and apostolic church. That was a big problem, and I went to one of my evangelical churches uh, that we went to for a long time, changed that to say, I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. Mm. They changed that historical word uh, Catholic, they didn't want people to be confused that it meant Catholic, so we changed it to one holy uh, Christian church. And then also we would have rejected the whole idea of baptism. It says baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We would have said baptism, for, which was a sign, an outward sign that your sins were forgiven. Is uh, your book on Amazon? I yes oh yes it's on Amazon and it's also on my website and if somebody buy it my site is catholicconvert.com if somebody buys it there they get a signed copy uh we have here on Amazon uh the birth of the catholic church we have the uh we have crossing the tiber uh and we have here uh the catholic faith an introduction to the creeds um yep. uh, and and your your website is found where Convert.com. That, that, Easy that to fits. remember. I'm a convert to the Catholic that, faith. That, 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 that's hard. That's hard to forget. And <laughs> uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. We've we've come to the end of the interview. You haven't said enough, but you've said it all. I wish I could interview you for three hours, Steve. You're you're always a pleasure, and what what a gift to, to the church. I'm easy to find, Monsignor. I'd love to do your show more frequently. So. I, 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 want, I want you to be signed up more frequently, Lori. Let's get it done. Uh, I, maybe we can do a, a, a longer time with you. So, you know God, what, One thing real quickly I'm doing. I'm with another smaller radio station. I'm doing a whole a series. Every week we're doing a 10-minute or 20-minute segment on that creed, phrase by phrase. And it's been very fun. I'd be happy to do something like that if you wanted to. God bless you. Uh, we can get Thank ahead of you. our. We can we can start our Christmas shopping right now. The book is called "The Catholic Faith: An Introduction to the Creeds" by Steve Ray R A Y. Go buy it. 
and get some Christmas shopping done. Steve, thank you very much. Thank you, and thanks for being a priest. God bless you. Thanks for doing what you do. We're going to take a break, Eli. Is that right? For a short moment, we'll come back to my monologue, or we're going to go right into it. Very good.